This is Daizen Shui X, the podcast, episode 264, for the week of July 10th, 2011. Hey, hey, welcome to Daizen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daizen EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Joining us after uh, a little bit of a, a sickness going around and you and I clearly can't read each other's emails properly to coordinate a recording. I, yes. I don't know what goes on there. I, I think the way we had it planned out was that <laughs> I, I was going to record with you on my Saturday night and you were record, going with, record with me on your Sunday morning. <laughs> so obviously there'd be a time machine involved with that as well. Uh, we managed to somehow make it work. Mr. Julian joining us courtesy of the lovely country of Japan. Welcome back, yes. man. Hey, so yeah, I've had some weird cold that refuses to entirely go away oh. <clears throat> never manages to develop into a fever but it manages to give me sore throats on occasion and lots of hacking up of lungs i see how it is all right well if that's how you've been maybe it's for the best that you're not recording on the podcast during these uh adventures yes but i can actually talk now so it's better Oh, I could just have the higher register of my voice back. It'd be nice. <laughs> That's all right. You need you need that uh, deep reverb to uh, counterbalance my mid-range nothingness voice. So I appreciate where you're at right now. Fair enough. I've been growing a beard to compensate as well. <laughs> That's good. We got you over in Japan. My name is Mike. Sometimes I go by Vegito EX. It is Julian and myself rocking it this episode. We have uh, not a whole lot of news, not a whole lot of much in the way of anything, but but somehow we've scraped together a pretty good episode nonetheless. Julian, I've been teasing some emails for a while that I've been saving for you specifically, sir. So I'm glad oh. you're around. We'll get to those. They involve, of course, our favorite franchise, Dragon Ball, but also the Japanese language and how stuff works over there. So, Oh, good. Yes, look forward to that. Uh, I guess we'll tell you what's on deck this episode. I've already recorded an interview. It's one of our uh, longtime visitors, listeners, readers of the site. His name is Doug. He goes goes by Drabaz. Uh, he did a custom level in the video game Little Big Planet for the PlayStation 3. It's called The Search for Shenlong's Little Big Dragon Balls. And for those of you who haven't played the game, it's a platformer game. You run, you jump, you basically go from left to right, try to get to the end. But there's a lot of uh, creative stuff involved. So we're going to speak to him in a little bit about his game. Other than that, man, Julian, since we haven't caught up with you in a little bit, before we hit the news, you got anything you want to toss out there other than being sick recently my daughter is very cute <laughs> it's very true yes all right and so it has been said let us do the news Man, there is only one bit of news this week, and it involves the upcoming video game, which we previously knew as Dragon Ball Game Project Age 2011. At least outside of Japan, it has been named Ultimate Tenka Ichi, which was one of the five names on Namco Bandai's survey. Now, Julian, I've been keeping a close eye on the Japanese site for what was Game Project Age 2011, and the domain name is still the same, and the website still has all of the same branding with the working title and they've got a new trailer for the game over there but it's still under the old title do you think they'll update it to anything over there yeah it, i don't know it's kind of a weak name what they got right now but we'll see what they come up with they might change the name a little bit further down the line 
I kind of hope they change the name, but we'll see. Yeah, it'd be kind of strange for it to come out as that working title, but it's still very Japanese at the same time, so it kind of works. What's kind of interesting, though, is the name Ultimate Tenkaichi, if you know Japanese, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Ultimate number one under heaven. So That's great. <laughs> it's super awesomely number one. It's kind of a weird thing. But anyway, outside of Japan is really where we're getting the, the main information about this game. Like we said, it's been named Ultimate Tenkaichi ichi elsewhere that's north america europe etc press release from namco bandai which came out on june 30th over here in the u.s confirms north american release for october 25th so right in that usual time frame that we've been expecting if it's not that first week in november it's usually that last week in october i think last year it was uh, tag versus or tenkaichi tag team was the end of October and then Raging Blast 2 was the beginning of November so we're always expecting it that time of year uh, and over in Europe they're getting it very soon after on October 28th I haven't seen a Japanese release date for the game though it's kind of strange that you guys over there are the ones putting it out and uh, you don't know when you're getting it I don't know either <laughs> I was gonna say Julian's radio people can't see you throwing your hands up in the air like I don't know doesn't make sense to me either uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot else to say about it there's a new trailer that came out alongside the uh, official press release yeah it's got some stuff in there really the people digging into this game here a bunch of french fans you may have seen the name nostal nostal uh floating around i've definitely seen it out there on the french forums they at japan expo in paris recently interviewed some of the folks from spike and these guys were great they were really hardcore about knowing everything about the production of all the games particularly from spike and the history of the franchise know all the terminology and they really didn't hold back on questions for the guys at spike and a lot of the answers were just we can't talk about that right now but in that polite japanese way of of saying no comments where it's kind of mm -hmm. that well they always say like we we hope you look forward to it we're not talking about that right now well you know the thing that struck me the most is that with rejection letters for things like jobs and credit cards uh-huh they have a particular way of phrasing everything, so they don't actually use any negative verb conjugations. <laughs> really? Yes. But nevertheless, <laughs> you think, oh, thank you for applying with us. We are glad to have had your interest. Unfortunately, we regret to inform you that, um, well, it says we are unable in English, but basically they phrase it in a way that actually is not negatively conjugated in Japanese. Pretty fantastic. I have to go back to this interview video and see if they answer in the same way. But nonetheless, not, but... we did get some somewhat interesting tidbits. And I mean, it's going between a couple different languages. There's questions being asked in English, and then there's some French translations, and then answered in Japanese over to English and then to French. So, I mean, you kind of have to parse it a little bit, but it sounds like this may be Spike's last game. Now, they've been working on the franchise since the first Sparking game, which I think was 2004. Five, so they've been going for five, six. Wow. How many? Oh my God! So many games that they've done. You also think about they did uh, the PSP game as well. Uh, there are hints that Dragon Ball GT characters will be included in this game. Now a lot of fans, particularly in America, have been clamoring for GT characters in these games. I don't think we've seen them since Sparking Meteor. That was oh seven, I. Think. 
think. God, hmm. I can't even remember anymore. Uh, here's something that I think a lot of us are really excited about. And again, it's going between different languages here, but it sounds like we might get a new 2D animation for the opening Ooh. to this game. Uh, Julian, I remember you and I talking. What year was this? Was this 2002, 2003 with... Maybe three. DBC 2 and 3, Budokai 2 and 3, the 2D opening themes and the Hironobu Kakeyama openings. We were just in heaven during that time period. It might have been mm, 2003, 2004, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not that long after you reopened the site. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it in perspective. But it's been so long since then. Not quite 10 years, but close to it. We've had some little bits of 2D here and there. There's the uh, first chapter opening to Sagas, the American-made game that had some original 2D animation. But something with a new theme song, 2D animation. I am psyched for that. I have to imagine you are and everyone else should be. Yes. Do we have confirmation of Hironobu Kageyama? We don't. I think they asked about, I mean, they're the kind of fans. They were saying, hey, is he coming back to do a theme song? And they didn't really answer that. Um, Despite all the stuff that went on with Dragon Ball Kai, he did return to do the Raging Blast opening, the Raging Blast 2 opening. So Mm. it's it's relatively safe to assume that he'll probably be coming back to do whatever this is. But was he going to be airbrushed even younger this time? <laughs> I know. Wasn't that awful? <laughs> Suddenly he's going to be 15 years old on the packaging <laughs> for this. <laughs> Who is this kid singing these Dragon Ball songs? Uh, uh. So there's a lot to look forward to. The thing in there that probably piques my interest the most is that it, it sounds like they're saying this might be their last game. I mean, you've heard me. The the Sparking games have not been my favorite interpretation of a fighting engine for this series, and I would love to see it go to a new developer. Fresh stuff. Give me something entirely new. Sounds good. That's all I got, man. That's the news for this last week. We uh, put all our attention on dissecting what little multiple language tidbits we could for this game. So, Julian. Yes. You will step away momentarily. We will cut over to our interview with Doug about his little big planet level. Then we'll come back. We'll do some releases. We'll do some emails. And that's the show. Sounds good to me. Joining me to talk about a fan-created level in a video game that is not a Dragon Ball video game is a dude named Doug. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how you doing? I am fantastic. You're coming in over the rock band microphone. Whenever I have <laughs> totally new people to the show, I never remember to suggest that it's just a regular old Logitech microphone, and you yeah, probably have one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I'm Perfect. so glad it works. Here's a question for you. How do you pronounce the online name that I know you as? Is it Dragon? Drabaz? Drabaz? Well, I, when I first saw the name, it's Drabaz. Okay. But, you know, I think the way, in a, I think the English language, you really say it, Drabaz, but I didn't think about that. Like, my 13-year-old mind didn't comprehend <laughs> right. that. I'm with but, you, I'm you with know, you. Online, I've gotten people call me, like, Dr. Abaz, so it's just whatever <laughs> now. <laughs> so, anything that ends in as, you uh, respond to? Yeah. All yeah. right. Good to hear. Well, uh, again, welcome to the show. I know you've been a visitor of Daizenshu EX for quite some time. So before we jump into uh, what it is we're talking about, why don't you uh, give us a little introduction to yourself? Well, um, I'm 22 years old. Let's see. I don't know what to say about myself. I've got a job just like everybody else, thankfully. Oh, my collection. I am pretty much wake up to Dragon Ball every day. <laughs> just loving it every day. Never, oh, that's true. Never sick of it. I always see you posting in um, the Dragon Ball merchandise and show off your collection yeah. threads and stuff. Yeah, so my wallet's pretty empty right now. <laughs> nice. Are you big on the, the figures, the posters? Like, what's your vice here? Like, mostly everything that looks good to me, I buy. Oh, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's nice, especially if it's unique, if it's rare. Okay. And I see it available, I'm getting it. 
I hear you. I hear you. I'm uh, very much like that. I've been trying to tone it down over the years, but (laughs) it's hard. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. So you made a level in Little Big Planet, which is a game created by Media Molecule for the PlayStation 3. Now there are a couple Little Big Planet games. We've got one and two on the PS3. We've got the PSP version. I know we've got a Vita version on the horizon. And a big portion of this game has been user-generated content, specifically levels. So my first big question for you is why a dragon ball level and why little big planet dude dragon ball dragon ball everything i told you i wake up to that stuff every day <laughs> all right so the first question's kind of already been answered all right why little big planet well when they said user generated content i just uh first thing i would did is look online to see if anybody had created anything dragon ball related and of course they have but oh, they're like yeah. really they're really crappy. Like they're, I don't want to like, I don't want to say they're really bad at it, but I mean, you know, it's just little kids with them, which just want to do something little. Oh, yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. actually make something good. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely terrible. And, <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> yeah. I feel okay saying that because again, it is kids. They're just having fun. It's, Exactly. It's clear that none of them were made to be something spectacular or special. They're just, I think I hopped into one. It was kind of a quiz where you fall down holes answering questions. Yeah. And it's just like bad photos of things and none of the text makes any sense. So there's a lot of stuff like that. But I didn't come across any real Dragon Ball themed levels. Like there were a couple that seemed like they might be, but then either I couldn't figure out what to do or the level seemed broken. So it's kind of a disaster out there. Yeah, it was very, uh, I've seen things that just like like you said, like just kind of like quizzes or how to make a costume. Like, yeah, I don't really care what my character looks like as long as I'm having fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. And that's cool. But it's great to know that there's something that actually had quite a bit of effort put into it. Why don't you give us an overview of the search for Shenlong's little big Dragon Balls? What is this? (laughs) Like, what's the what's the point of this level that you made? Well, I pretty much just took the Dragon Ball Saga, original Dragon Ball. Start from the beginning where you start out at Grandpa Gohan's house at Mount Pals and you just go around looking for all seven Dragon Balls and you it goes from let's see like I said Mount Pals you go you meet uh, you get on Bulma's bicycle you don't actually meet Bulma but you ride her bicycle down you see Umegame you fight the bear the big old bear at the beginning <laughs> I love it you got bear with sword bear with sword yeah. in there it's fantastic bear with sword. classic and uh, you know you just I, I skipped to the Red Ribbon Army saga or General Blue where you go underwater mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool thing and you know once you find all seven the way you find the Dragon Balls are their stickers because Little Big Planet has stickers you can collect and they save on your uh, inventory if you collect all seven and you put them at the end of the level where i tell you to put them at you summon shenron or shenlong you know i can't i can't think of the right way to say his name like i'm just <laughs> i'm i'm not consistent with that that's okay i'm pretty sure in the level you spelled it shenlong so yeah and i got a lot of complaints like it's shenron you're stupid <laughs> whatever <Yeah. laughs> you can do you can do whatever you want at this point exactly. um yeah i mean you've got all that terminology in there so it, it's clear from the get-go that not only does this person legitimately know the series pretty much inside and out but the attention to detail is something i want to talk about uh the very beginning you're at grandpa gohan's place and right next to the little building you have the stack of firewood that goku chops and forms into this little stack at the very beginning of the series it's little things like that throughout the level where i'm going oh my god he he really knows the scenery here (laughs) i'm glad you noticed that yeah i did put that there hoping somebody would notice it um tell me 
about some of the other little things that you have throughout here. I guess I don't want to give too much away about the level because we, of course, want people to play it. And it's not that long, so it's difficult to talk about the entirety of the stage without spoiling it. But right. um, maybe tell me about the jump from the very early stuff to some of the Red Ribbon stuff. There's a section I love. It's this little thing and you just kind of run, but like the, the swords are flying at you. It's that section right. where all the Red Ribbon army members are killed. Uh, but yeah. you just run through with Goku. Why did you jump ahead over uh, such a large portion? Was it just convenience, plot, items? What was it? It was a little bit of convenience and a little bit of like the first saga would be a little, really boring if it was if I just followed that directly. Mm, so why yeah. not skip ahead to the next saga and make it a little more interesting? Yeah, okay. Make my own make, make my own kind of story by yeah, like skipping yeah. a few parts. There, There's a little thing in there and even after a few replays you've got the, I guess, like I said, it's tough to talk about it without spoiling the entire level. You've got <laughs> the pirate robot in there. This is probably the only section of the level that I found a little confusing. I wasn't entirely sure what to do with him in that section. So mm-hmm. the first time through, I think I died one or two times and then I was just playing through it earlier again today and I don't remember if I defeated him before but I just kind of ran past him and went on this time that may be my only critique of the level was it was that one little section there where I wasn't entirely sure what to do was that a section that you continued working on and you were tweaking it because it just doesn't feel as polished as the rest if that makes any sense yeah I mean it's exactly what exactly what you said I it was really hard to work on that part of the level because at that point, uh, there's a little thermometer on Little Big, Pla- little big Planet that uh, tells you if you have too much stuff in your level. Oh, okay. And I was I was already at the top of that at that point. Oh, so all I right. had to go back and like take a lot of stuff out of the previous level to, so I can make more room to like finish the actual level. Gotcha. And at that at that point, like I kind of skimmed on the details, and then the whole thing with the robot pirate was that. Um, I made it so that if you couldn't beat him, you could just run past them just by opening the door. Gotcha. All right, then. But if you did kill him, you would get points in the next room. I tried I tried giving little hints, too, when you first enter the room. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that thing says, you know, oh, bombs, how convenient kind of thing. I try to, like, think of my target audience, which is kids, and think, like, how can I make this a little easier? And, you know, try it on that. <laughs> what you're saying is your target audience is Mike, and Mike has no idea what he's doing <laughs> exactly. in these games. So <laughs> throw in some helpful text. Yeah, I was confused on my second playthrough because I was pretty sure I defeated him the first time time and then the second time through uh just i, I just ran past him yeah the, the thing the thing people say sorry the thing people say about that is that you know i couldn't i couldn't beat the robot what's mm. with that like he i blew him up but he didn't completely die right well he, he was one of those creatures that you that you don't kill like he doesn't disappear vanish like the bear did right right okay he just he just kind of like you collapse can blow him up yeah, gotcha. exactly. All right. Tell me about the creation of the level. I've never tried making a level in Little Big Planet. It's mostly just, you know, I play through the story mode and that was it. I never got super into it. So tell me about the creation. Did you do it in pieces? Did you kind of plot out the entire thing and then tweak little sections along the way? What was the process? Well, in that level, it Little Big Planet makes it really easy for you to customize anything in that game. All you need is patience and just like take your time with it, polish it if you need to. It just it takes a long time. I I started making that level when the game first came out. I don't remember what the year was, but since it came out and then about, I want to say like a year later, I finally like uploaded it onto the internet Mm, because I want to make sure it was like all done. Yeah. But yeah, it takes time to make every, I got like Grandpa Gohan's house. You got to make the house first then the terrain and put it on there and, um, you know, just, just keep doing little by little. What kind of, uh, I guess, little Easter eggs? We're already talking about the, the stack of firewood. What other little things should people be on the lookout for in this level? Well, uh, 
an obvious Easter egg is in the cave. You'll see like the the statue with the multiple arms and the swords. Yeah, yeah. You don't actually do anything with that, but it's, I just put it there to look nice. It was super detailed, and that's something that uh, I haven't really talked about. But and Mary was watching me as I was playing this level, and she was just astonished by how clean and well designed and really official looking everything looked, from the the statue to Bear with Sword himself to Shenlong at the very end. Like nothing's awkward and kind of off. <laughs> character how did you go about creating all that stuff so well well i i do what i can i just i really just take my time and just go through every single little detail let me let me like elaborate on that more yeah, yeah. The, the tools are um you pretty much have like a paintbrush kind of thing where you grab a material and then you can just with your uh with a joystick move around and like paint a picture with it and that picture is like the object you make in the real life okay. so i've been through so many times where i just like messed up and had to reshot the whole like uh whole object all over again because it's like making making a circle is the hardest damn thing on that freaking game. I was going to say, because Shenlong's face in particular, I guess the word I was looking for is everything is very symmetrical. Like it looked like it was drawn somewhere else other than on a PS3 controller. No, it was on there. Like, I mean, they give you like shapes to work with. But if you want to make like an oval type thing or just kind of custom, like make a round, make a round edge. It's really mm -hmm. hard. You got to do it yourself. Jeez. And the joystick is not very <laughs> friendly with that. What else about the level? Is there anything that uh, you want people to take a look out for in it? Well, there is... Um, that one little race I put in there. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I don't know if uh, people have found that yet, but there are tricks to that. Like, I mean, not tricks, but there's ways to fail at that. Like, if if you have like three or four people going at it, mm -hmm. one of you will die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to spoil it, but like, if there's multiple people at the race, one of you will die. So you purposely designed it in a way that kind of griefs someone along the way. Yeah. The only problem I have with that, what that make the whole level is though, when you're escaping the Red Ribbon Army place, mm -hmm. the if there's like three people playing the game, I think. The, the whatever the submarine gets stuck and then the whole game's just done like I couldn't uh, I couldn't fix that part of the level but besides that it should work perfectly I think I played it I was playing it by myself and then someone joined in the first time I was playing and then I did it by myself and yeah everything seemed to work although the uh, the escape that you were talking about um, I didn't fully crash all the way out so then I kind of went in reverse and then I figured oh I can still go back the other direction and then I popped my way out it seemed like overall though you did design the level in a way where you couldn't really get stuck it was pretty obvious what you needed to do and eventually get your way out even in like i was mentioning the pirate robot part even when it seemed like maybe it was a little sketchy it still worked its way out in the end and that's a lot more than i can say for most of the other uh user generated <laughs> levels i've played yeah i mean because i mean if i if i wanted to gear this towards adults i could have made it really hard and just completely make it restart the whole level if you failed at one point but this is a kid's game you gotta understand so you gotta yeah, yeah. make it easy for them well i mean dragon ball in general sure it's a series for young boys it is shonen literally right. young boys but right. as we know i mean you're talking to a couple adult guys here it appears <laughs> to people of all ages and i think um your level here does the exact same thing it brought a smile to my face just every single little thing about it it really epitomized what i think dragon ball is about i guess i gotta ask um you know playstation had a it's big breach and it was down for a while and welcome back program i know a lot of people probably just picked up little big planet uh the way that you can access this level tell people how to get to it you can either search it by the name of the level which is the search for shen 
Long's Little Big Dragon Balls, or search it by my username, which is Jabaz, which is the same name I have on the DiZX forums. If you if you're on there, yeah, and I know you can favorite it or heart it, and it probably goes somewhere. Yeah, but you could even you could even uh, just search Dragon Ball in the search section of Little Big Planet, and mine will be it'll have a picture of Grandpa Gohan's house on there, gotcha. and you'll see it's pretty detailed on there. Very nice. Now, how about Little Big Planet too? I'm pretty sure that all of the levels from the first game can be played in the second, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't own the game myself. That's the thing. <laughs> That's after, crazy. after that Dragon Ball level, I got so pooped out by making that level, I just kind of stopped. That's so there, funny. There were other levels in the works, but I think my PS3 crashed, and then like I lost like half of the work I've done. Once you lose like half the work you've done and put your heart into, oh, I'm sure you don't want to pick it up again and just like do that all over again. Oh no, that's with any project in life ever. I am totally familiar. I think with I that. lost. Uh, remember that. Uh, Daisenshi X logo I made like w- very in the beginning. I don't remember that. No. Or like no. It, it had um I wrote out Daisenshi X and then I had a picture of uh what is it Bulma TN that whole those squares at the top of the main website. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah I made that. I think I lost that in like the the crash. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. No yeah. I I feel you on that though. But I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't picked up the second game myself yet either. But I'm pretty sure people can play that. That's great. So I definitely wanted to toss that out there. It's something, like I said to you, I've been meaning to talk about this for a while. I was going back to the post going, oh my god, I forgot this game is over two years old and this level's been out for so long. We should have talked about this and I feel like I'm being somewhat timely now that the Welcome Back program is kind of coming to a close and people probably picked up the game. So it's it's something new they can go check out, even though it's been around for a while. Definitely, definitely. I recommend it. <laughs> Doug, thanks so much for uh, joining me and talking about this. It's these kind of little things. I, I love showing up off all of the stuff that fans have done with the series that you may not even think about and this is a perfect example of that it's just like i said it epitomizes dragon ball in every way it brought a smile to my face and i'm pretty sure it's going to do that for everyone so thank you for making it no problem i make it for the fans good to hear it's all about the fans that's right keep, keep them happy all right man thank you very much thanks mike so again, big thanks to Doug for taking the time out to talk to us about his little big planet level. That was the search for Shenlong's little big Dragon Balls. And Doug did want to toss it out there that absolutely go in, play around with the tools that are in little big planet. I know he would love to see some more great levels out there. And there's a, a lot of powerful stuff in there, especially with the second game. Make some really great levels. So go in there, guys. Make some cool stuff. Julian, let's do the releases. Uh, we're into July here. We did miss yes. an episode last week is uh over here in the u.s anyway celebrating our independence day which i did courtesy of uh president bill pullman and uh smacking aliens in the face (laughs) so (laughs) since we missed uh, an episode last week we'll dip it back a week and uh cover the releases that have come out and then we'll go through the rest of july i'll get you going here over in japan where you are julian you guys had dragon ball kai dvds single discs jinzo ningen and cell arc volumes 13 and 14 which overall are volumes 31 and 32. Those are episodes 91 to 93 and 94 and 96. Remember, the DVDs are cropped, standard definition, blah, 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 blah. They're 29, 40 yen. You can get them cheaper. You know, the deal, CD Japan, Amazon Japan. But Julian, we uh, haven't always talked about some of the other manga releases coming out. We've got a Portuguese manga. Yes, we have the Portuguese Tom Colbon Dragon Ball Volume 11 from Edisons ASA, O Grande Desafio do Torneio, I think is how you pronounce it. It. It's good enough for me. And that's uh, 9 point, 9 point, I don't know how to say this. 9.60 <laughs> euros. How, how do you say that? Somebody in the Eurozone 
Tell me if you're not out protesting against budget cuts. <laughs> yeah, do you say the point? Do you say the comma? I would just say 960, but that's how we say things. That so sounds like almost a lot more than I know, is. I know. But I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, that's um you can find it online for cheaper than that. It's 864 in euros at media books for example and julian you didn't say it comes out on ah yes july 6th my father's birthday okay so i guess it did come out already (laughs) so you portuguese fans go out and grab that all right uh the next thing we got july 19th i know of course right stuff has already been sending it out but dragon ball z dragon box number six from funimation this is the dvd the four by three the original japanese remastering the good stuff it's dbz tv episodes 210 through 250 and it is $59.98 MSRP, but Amazon's got you hooked up, $30.99. Then over on Right Stuff, a little more, $44.99. Uh, Julian, more manga, internationally. Uh, July 20th, this is a Wednesday, has the French Kanzenban of Dragon Ball Volume 15, which takes you into the Saiyan Saga, I believe. Yeah, that started in, actually, I think 12 or 13. 14, I think. Uh, maybe. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. Anyway, uh, being published by Lena, of course, and it's 10, 55 euros, uh, but you can get it for a little less than that if you pre-order at Amazon France. Now, Julian, the next thing, we've been talking about this for months now. It mm, keeps getting yes. delayed. It's actually got a new title, so I'm going to need you to read this to me. We previously knew it as Doragonboru no Shinkaron on July 25th, but it's got a new title. Yes, it was previously known as The Theory of Dragon Ball Evolution, but now it's Doragonboru no Mangagak, The Study of Dragon Ball Manga. Okay. This is one of those unofficial books coming out it is uh 2310 yen uh it's a little more than i would want to pay for an unofficial book it's 400 it better pages. be a damn good unofficial book yeah right so uh maybe this is something if the price drops in the near future we'll have to have you uh grab and check out see if it's anything interesting yeah i mean i think hmm i don't know if i like the new title either it's just mangaology of dragon ball right what right i mean yeah, I like the original title. It's got that kind of almost halfway pun with the word evolution in there because you can't throw that word in relation to Dragon Ball without chuckling anymore. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's why they changed it. <laughs> Possibly. Um, all right, let's jump back over to the outline. Julian, wrap us up for July. Lastly, we have on July 29th, which is a Friday, Dragon Ball Z DVD Box 10 in Germany from publisher Kaze. It's the final of 10 boxes for the series and it's based on the French video transfer so it's not all that great. No Dragon Box. And it's got DBZ TV episodes 277 to 291, the end of the Boo Saga. Three discs, four to three aspect ratio, and it's 32.45 in euros at Amazon Germany. That's right, that wraps up July. So let's go down and do them emails. All right, the first one here is actually something that comes to us from our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DiceX, and I answered it over there, but it's the kind of thing where, again, it sounds more authoritative coming from Julian, who's actually living in Japan and is fluent in the language. Robert asks, I don't know much about Japanese culture, but from what I've gathered, they put last names first. So, is Muten of Muten Roshi the Turtle Hermit's last name or first? Julian. While it's true that in Japan, last names are first, Muten in Muten Roshi is not actually a family name. Rather, it's more of a title of respect. Anyway, uh, Muten is made up of the characters... Mu, which is means sort of martial activities, or in this case, probably martial arts, and Ten, which is 
used variously as heaven, the sky, or a god. And at least in the Viz translation, it's glossed as a god of martial arts, which I don't disagree with. And Roshi means just old master. So taken together, it can mean the old master who is a god of martial arts. So really, it's not even a name. It's just a title that he's gotten. We're not really sure what name he has, if he has a name at all, because Kame Senin also means the turtle hermit, Senin being a particular style of Taoist master who would gain so much control over the elements that even after he died, he would continue to live on with magical powers. I guess the thing in there is uh, very, very much internationally, his name is taken as Roshi, but that's not actually a name here. It's part of a title. Yeah, so he doesn't really have a name as names go. He just has several different titles. We've got characters like Tenka Ichibudokai Announcer, where that's what we know him as. That's as far as we know, that's all the he doesn't have a name. He's just this guy who has always Mm. existed as the announcer. So that's what we can address them by. That's fun. I know Jake has uh, joked a few times on the forum that if you call someone Master Roshi, it's essentially calling them like Master Master kind of thing. Yes, Master Old Master. Right, right. So it's a fun little thing, but uh, I hope that answers your question, Robert. The next one comes to us actually from Twitter. Joe asks, I've always wondered if Goku and Chi-Chi's Hick dialect stemmed from any particular region, or if it was just kind of made up. Also, if there's any precedence for terms like Ora instead of Ore and Sa instead of San. Now, Julian, this is something that I know we dipped way back pre-podcast time when we were doing our Ask It section on the site, which basically turned into the... uh, feedback questions and such on the podcast we oh, yes. uh we asked our buddy steve simmons who does the translations for funimation's dvds and he had an explanation and now that you've spent much more time in japan you probably have some stuff you want to add in too so maybe you yes. can tell us a little bit about how goku and chi chi speak and then we'll go from there so they're both sort of kind of based on the tohoku dialect which is northeast honshu which coincidentally happens to be the area worst affected by the earthquake and the tsunami but basically goku mostly has well in addition to ora instead of ore he has the vowel sort of mutations so the diphthongs i oi and i all become e so he says ome right right for example i know one that i've always pointed to was uh i was first experiencing it in uh final bout when that came out i always thought he was saying ju be kamehameha which i knew was 10 times but it's actually ju by instead of jube it sounds like it's j-u or u-u-b-e-i but it's actually a-i mm, yes so this is very common to the tohoku region however tohoku also has a lot of other weird things like uh, pre-nasalization of voiced consonants so you'd sort of stick an n in before words so like mado the word for window becomes mando oh all right and for example unvoiced consonants become voiced so you Suki, meaning you like something, becomes sugi, which is is cedar in other dialects. And think, uh, let's see, also the e vowel and the u vowel after s and t, or after s and z, and sometimes t become sort of an in-between sort of e. (laughs) So it's made fun of a lot. But Goku only has a couple of these things, mostly the the trouble with diphthongs and use of ora instead of ore. Uh, Chi-Chi, on the other hand, has a couple of grammatical things. For example, she uses da after verbs and adjectives, which is a no-no in standard Japanese. Oh, all right. And she also uses be, for example, instead of daro for the volitional and presumptive verb conjugation. 
She she uses fairly standard grammar though, and she also has fairly standard pronunciation. Okay. So neither one of them really have the full set of Tohoku dialect stuff. Gotcha. So they each have their own little thing, little spin that they do on the language, and they don't yes. match up with each other either. Mm. Okay. Now something I've always heard is Masako Nozawa actually ad libs a little bit more in the TV performance than is present in the manga. Is that true? That is actually true. If you compare the manga script to what she says on screen, she does it more. Than than it was written in the manga by Toriyama. Uh, now Steve Simmons also notes that uh, Mayumi Tanaka did something similar with Yajirobe <laughs> because of trying not to sound too much like Krillin. Ah, right, right. It's of course same voice actress. I mean the the whole thing that the reason that she voices both characters is because of the throwaway line in the manga that they sound similar. Right. But she didn't want to make them sound too similar. Well, there you go. That's our uh, history and linguistic lesson <laughs> for the episode. That's good stuff. Now, the only other thing I want to add is that a lot of other shonen heroes like Luffy and One Piece yeah, and yeah. Naruto and Naruto also have the trouble with diphthongs that Goku has like Shine and Omoshire and that sort of thing. But that's not really Tohoku dialect so much as the sort of Shitamachi tough guy. Shitamachi being the sort of oh, roughly right. southeastern area of Tokyo where all the working class people were going back to the Edo period. Right. But that still sort of gives the image of like strong tough guys who don't take no crap. Right. It's the protagonist kind of cliche way of talking, it seems. You hear that in, yeah. like you said, lots of shows. Yeah. And it was originally sort of lower class for just de- standard Japanese, which is based on the upper class dialect. But anyway, gotcha. uh, enough of the history lesson. <laughs> no, it's good. I love that stuff. And uh, obviously other people are interested in it too, or they wouldn't be uh, emailing and texting in all these questions about it. So those are going to be our emails for the week. You guys have any of that good stuff, by all means, send it in. Our email address here at the show, podcast at dicex.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. You heard the Facebook and the Twitter in there, facebook.com slash DaiZX and twitter.com slash D-A-I-Z-E-X. That's at DaiZX. Those are all the good ways you can get in touch with us. Julian, it was great to uh, hook up with you here on this fine, well, we're hitting uh, Saturday afternoon for me now. You are in your Sunday morning? Early, early Sunday morning and my daughter's not sleeping when she should be. Oh, jeez. All right. So my wife is trying to get her to sleep. Well, you go take care of that. It's time for you to go to bed. It's time for us to have lunch here. Uh, I'm glad even though clearly the two of us can't read emails properly, we can still join together and do the magic of Dragon Ball podcasting. You are so tired looking. Go to bed, man. Okay. All right. I will talk to you, I hope, next week. Yeah. I don't have anything going on, I think. Okay. We'll see. I might, but I don't know. <laughs> so, Julian, of course, thank you for joining us. Yes. It's my pleasure. For Julian, for Mary, for all the folks that join us here on the show, and thanks again to Doug for joining us for our interview. My name is Mike. You can find us all. com. We will indeed see you next week for episode 265. Julian, wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Daizenshu EX, the podcast. Catch us next week, folks. Greetings from Planet Jersey. Greetings from Planet Osaka. I haven't entirely shaken off my um, whatever it was I had two <laughs> oh weeks ago. Oh, my God. You want me to take my shirt off, too? <laughs> I'm wearing pants. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
and pasty. <laughs> I need to get more sun. Did you have a nice farmer's tan though? Damn, dude, look at you. What? Looking good. Looking good. Although I don't need to see I everything. I gained a little weight <laughs> recently, but <laughs> I don't need to see. <laughs>